School became something that I just wanted to sort of get through so I could focus on my business. But it was definitely hard, you know, coming home some nights and sometimes your business needs you and, and obviously you've got homework and stuff at school. But I found myself having to try and use my time efficiently. I would I'd work through my recess and lunch breaks at school, trying to do my homework so I could come home and just focus on the business. We love celebrating young talent on Dirty Linen. It is so important to keep an eye and celebrate the young people coming up through the industry. Our guest today is Morgan Hipworth, who came to industry attention as a young teenager. He's been at it for a while, so he's sort of a veteran, even though he is still very young. A lot of people in Melbourne will know Bistro Morgan for its incredible donuts. They've recently opened a second location Location, uh, building on the Windsor location and adding a new shop in Fitzroy. Um, Morgan, it is awesome to have you on Dirty Linen, a big, warm, sugary, donut-loving welcome. Hey, Danny, thanks for having me. It's really good to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, about the way you got started, and um, perhaps we can yeah, frame it by telling us how old you were when you got started and how old you are now as an industry veteran. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'm 22 now. Um, fast, you know, backtracks. We can go back to when I first started cooking. I was about seven. I literally started by watching MasterChef on TV. Um, I, I remember when it first came on air, I was, I was sitting with mum and dad on the couch as a young kid and I was thinking, what a silly show. Who would want to watch somebody cook on TV? And um, we needed something to watch as a family and all of a sudden, which Anna was watching it each night and I found myself really, really enjoying it and each weekend I would sort of print out the recipe of, you know, the pressure test or whatever gone and the weeks gone by and I'll try and recreate it at home and, you know, as my skills got better and better, I used to set up our formal dining room at home as a restaurant and I used to call it Bistro Morgan because I loved French food and I'd print out menu cards and I'd score cards and I'd, I'd make my parents wait at the door and I'd seat them like a waiter and then I'd go down and, and finish up cooking what I had been making all afternoon and, and then serve it to them and, and then make them score it all out of 10. And that sort of went on for maybe two or three years until I was about 10 or 11. And then I sort of started getting little cake orders for family and friends' birthdays. You know, it started with, you know, people like my auntie being like, oh, here's 50 bucks. And, you know, you can make your cousin's birthday cake. Um, and then that sort of really turned into a business when I was 13. And I went down to a local cafe just in Ripponlea and we are having some lunch with my grandma and mum. And um, we were paying the bill and I was actually wanting to get some coffee beans from my coffee machine at home. And uh, the lady who was serving us asked me if I wanted them ground or whole bean. And I said, oh, no, I've got a grinder at home, so I can do that. And obviously, there's not many 13-year-olds who even know what type of coffee they want or let alone have a grinder. So she was like, why do you know so much about this? And one thing led to another. And I said, look, I do a bit of cooking and baking at home and sort of what I love to do. And then she very kindly said, look, we're, we're looking for a new cake supplier. Maybe you could bring some samples in and, and you could maybe sell your stuff here. And I didn't really think too much of it. About two or three weeks later, I remember going to mum and dad's room and I was like, oh, do you reckon they were serious? And mum was like, well, send them an email. The worst they can do is not reply. So I sent them an email and a couple of days later, the manager came back saying, yeah, that was actually the owner, Amanda, you're speaking to. And she's overseas at the moment, but she's asked me if you can bring some samples in. A week later, I took down samples of everything I knew how to bake. It was, you know, literally everything from pavlova to vanilla slice to Portuguese custard tarts to, to anything I could do. I just tried to make it to see what they would like. And all of a sudden, I found myself 
then with them placing their first order that afternoon, I was 13 in year nine and I found myself supplying this cafe with all their cakes. And so I did their full range of stuff and, and at this stage I'd still never really made donuts before in my life. Um, and then when I was uh, for coming up for Valentine's Day that year, so it would have been 2014, they asked me to make something a bit special for Valentine's Day and we came up with the idea of doing love heart shaped donuts. And so that was the first time I'd ever really made a donut before. I just used a basic recipe I found online and, and a bit of practice during that week. And I whipped them up on that Sunday morning, I think it was, for Valentine's Day. We delivered them down and they were super, super popular. They flew out the door. And then so they asked for just normal donuts every weekend onwards as a weekend special. And then all of a sudden, I got a bit of media attention. I had an article in the Herald Sun, and, and that really just focused on donuts. And all of a sudden, I was sort of known as that donut kid. I found myself supplying about 10, 15 cafes around Melbourne. I was making about 800 donuts every weekend from home while still being in high school. Um, and that sort of went on for two or three years. And I, I found myself really wanting a shop. And Still being in high school, mum and dad were very much like, oh, maybe you should just finish school and, and then do, do whatever you want kind of thing. But uh, me being me, I didn't take no for an answer. So we came up with the compromise of having a pop-up store. And so I had a pop-up store in the September of 2016 down in High Street, Windsor. And I ended up selling 10,000 donuts in eight days, which was just absolutely manic. Um, and then the same store came up for permanent lease about two months later and somehow I convinced mum and dad to let me open it and so I used all the money that I made from the pop-up store to fit out that store and, and then Bistro Morgan down in Windsor was officially opened in uh, December of 2016. Oh my goodness, what a tale Morgan. So did you finish school while, while you'd opened this shop? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I graduated uh, high school in 2018. So I opened in 2016 going into year 11. So yeah, I did year 11 and year 12 with the store open. And what was that like, balancing these, these two very different things? Yeah, it was a constant juggling act. It was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but for me, school became something that I just wanted to sort of get through so I could focus on my business. And it was almost became like a, one of those things that I just wanted to get through it and, and have it as that backup option and, and have that education there. So I was pretty determined to finish school whilst doing it, but it was definitely hard, you know, coming home some nights and sometimes your business needs you and, and obviously you've got homework and stuff at school, but I found myself having to try and use my time efficiently. I would, I'd work through my recess and lunch breaks at school, try and do my homework so I could come home and just focus on the business. That is amazing. So, I mean, uh, th there's, two, I suppose, two main strands. One is the food side of it and one is the business side of it. I mean, is there something in your background or, you know, the way that you were as a kid that just made you have this incredible focus and ambition? Yeah, I, you know, it's really hard and often, you know, especially it comes down, it's funny. So many people tell my parents and, oh, I wish my kids were like you and you've done such a good job. And mum and dad always say, we don't know what we did. Like, we don't know <laughs> if we did anything differently or anything. And I think when I look back, you know, I've got absolutely amazing parents who are super, super supportive and, and really do, you know, support anything I want to do and they'll help me every step of the way. And growing up as an only child, I think I'm a lot closer to parents and grew up in a lot more mature household than, than most other kids, especially with siblings. You know, mum has her own business in fashion. So growing up talking about things like GST and tax returns and stuff over the dinner table was kind of common. So I sort of grew up, I guess, 
with a bit of an understanding. Um, and then my dad is just very cluey about anything. He's one of those people that just knows everything about anything. So if I ever have a question, especially growing up about that whole business tax side, it was always going to dad and, and asking what the best course of action was. So I think the hard work and, and that side of thing definitely came from my parents and their work ethic. You know, mum and dad both don't stop and just work, you know, you know, crazy hours. And I think that's where I sort of got that determination from. What about being a leader and an employer at such a young age? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I still even, even to this day, there's still sometimes pinch me moments where you're working with some absolutely amazing people. And it's really funny to think that, yeah, like you're the leader and you're in charge, as you say, it's, especially at a young age, it was, it was challenging. And I think it sort of forced me to grow up a little bit faster than a lot of my peers of a similar age, because you, you know, we're, we're trying to deal with people who are, you know, sometimes 20, 30 years older than you and trying to gain the respect of someone like that is sometimes challenging. And, you know, you're trying to run a business and do things the way you want to do them. And it's, it's a constant, you know, seesaw between the, the ethics and the respect. So it's hard. And I think it, it taught me a lot about managing people. And I think it's something like I'm still getting better at every single day. And it's something like I've definitely gotten a lot better at than when I first started. What are some of the insights you've gained about managing people? I think it's, um, I think when I first started, I didn't really take into account how important people were. As weird as that sounds, like in a business point of view, I think a lot of the times I forgot that staff members, you know, need to be happy in their jobs and staff members need to love the environment and create a good culture. Um, I think I was uh, very early ages, I was very focused on the customer experience and, and sometimes didn't necessarily think about what that meant for staff. And so that's something that I've, I've found myself in the last probably four or five years really trying to focus on and, and bring back because at the end of the day, you know, a good customer experience comes from the owners and the staff. Interesting. And let's talk about the creative process and, you know, the, the actual output of Bistro Morgan. Tell us how your donuts have changed over the years. Yeah, hundred. I think, you know, it's quite funny. Obviously, Bistro Morgan is, you know, sort of the brainchild of 13-year-old me who, who started off with all these crazy, you know, out there flavors of donuts. And, you know, I've done about 3,000, 4,000 flavors in my life. You know, back when I was supplying cafes, we would do 12 new flavors every Saturday, 12 new flavors every Sunday. I was, I was just coming up with as many as I could and I was trying to push as many newbies out as I could. So I think I used to get inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. I would go to the supermarket aisles, walk down the you know shelves and, and see what products were there, what flavors I could draw on, what chocolate bar I could use next and, and what I could recreate. I think that's when I was younger where I got a lot of my inspiration. But I guess as I've grown up and as I've done more formal training and as I've gotten better in the industry as well, a lot of my techniques and styles come from some classic dishes and desserts and flavor pairings that I can sort of reinvent and put a spin on in my own way. Yeah, so tell us about some flavors you're loving at the moment. Yeah, one of our most popular, and it's, it's been one of our most popular for a long time, is our creme brulee. Um, it's got a beautiful vanilla bean custard on the inside, and then we uh, put a really nice layer of crunchy toffee on top. I think it's all about, for me, a creme brulee is all about that harmony between the texture 
of the crunch and the creaminess of the custard. And I think it's something that we really do beautifully in a donut. That's something that's not often seen is a lot of texture in a donut. So I think that's one of my absolute favorites. Um, the good cinnamon scroll is one of my favorites. We've just launched a Biscoff cinnamon scroll. That's being really, really popular. It's got a beautiful Biscoff lotus frosting on top and then a fluffy cinnamon scroll underneath. And that's definitely one of my favorites at the moment. Oh, wow. That's, they both sound so, so nice, but also they're quite classic because I remember when you started, it was pretty outlandish, like the syringes and different flavors. and Yeah, we, we definitely, like I think, and that's where it's quite interesting. You know, we, as you said, we started with the syringes. We phased those out probably about six years ago now, and that was a choice I made just more of an environmentally factor just to try and reduce the single-use plastic more than anything. But I think I started as a you know, 13-year-old and, you know, now being 22, uh, I've matured as well and, and the business is sort of ageing with me and maturing with me um, and that's why, you know, our flavours are changing and, and what we offer is changing. You know, we started just doing donuts. You know, now we have a beautiful range of toasties and scrolls and cookies and obviously with a new restaurant opening on the way as well, it's going to be a completely different offering there too. Oh, tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so I'm opening a new restaurant cafe called Maven, which is down in uh, Fitzroy next to our new Fitzroy store. And so that's coming later in the year. We're still in construction at the moment, aiming for about mid-November at the moment. But that's going to be a beautiful do breakfast, lunch every day of the week and then dinner three nights a week. Oh, Morgan, that's so exciting. Um, yes, it should be good. What a... I mean, it's a departure from what you're known for, but I suppose thinking back to that seven-year-old on the couch watching MasterChef, it probably feels like quite a natural step for you. Yeah, for me, it was always it was always the dream was it was a you know cafe restaurant. As, as I said, I think Bistro Morgan was the brainchild of thirteen-year-old Morgan, and, and Maven's now the brainchild of you know twenty-two-year-old Morgan, which is a completely different person in terms of thoughts, ideas, and culinary experience. You know. I've, I've gone on to get some amazing pastry training in Paris and some, you know, great experience across the industry. So I think it's using those experiences to then create a beautiful dining experience, which is what I was searching for next in my career. I think bakery is amazing and I love Bistro Morgan and I'm always planning on keeping it around to have that sort of offering. But I think to have a place where people can come and experience it like they're coming to my house to dine is, is what I was really yearning for next. So tell me about the offering because I'm very obsessed right now. Well, probably always, but particularly now because I've just been writing a cafe guide. Um, very obsessed with your brunch and that, those, that daytime offering. Tell me, you know, where do you think things are at uh, for cafes in Australia at the moment and, and what are you going to bring to that world? Yeah, from my point of view, you know, we're, we're going in with the approach of modern Australian, which is trying to, you know, use our ingredients that we have and use them best with some fusions from areas around the globe, which our chefs have some good experience from. So we're in early, early stages, given we're still about two or three months away from opening. But I'm trying to offer an experience that will sort of learn, um, go across breakfast, lunch and dinner. So I want people to be able to come here for daytime cocktails as well as come here for 11am for some chili scramble. I think it's one of those experiences that you need to be able to come feel casual enough, but still feel like it's special that you're being treated to something that's not just, you know, brekkie at your house. So there'll be some beautiful dishes like, you know, chili scramble for, you know, brekkie, heading on to, you know, dinner time, you've got like slow roasted lamb shoulder, you know, duck fat, black garlic potatoes and things like that. 
Oh, you've got me there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the trends that I've picked up on uh, in my guide is that, you know, a lot of people are watching what they spend and breakfast is a meal that they often think, well, I can do that myself at home. And I think cafes have to create something that's a little bit special, a bit of a draw card. But at the same time, I do think people can be quite conservative with their brunches. They sort of want what they want. I mean, do you think that's going to be a tricky thing to balance? Yeah, I think it's always a balancing act, especially as you say with cafes. And it's that draw card of, well, what else can you bring that makes people come to your venue? And for us, we're going to have a for breakfast, lunch, we're going to have a beautiful pastry offering as well. Given the, you know, the venue at Fitzroy, out the back, we have our full bakery kitchen, which is where we make all of our products for Bistro Morgan. So we're going to make fresh-made croissants. We'll have some beautiful tarts. Our head pastry chef's from France, so he's going to do some beautiful entremets um, and just a beautiful range of pastries that is not something you can get at home. So I think having all those little additions to the offering is what really can set you apart from just like an everyday run-of-the-mill cafe where people could make a similar-style breakfast at home. Mm, yeah, no, that's that totally makes sense. And it just makes me think of read, reading the Loon cookbook recently, which is absolutely beautiful. But one of the methods, it's got this bit in it where it's like, set your alarm for 2am, <laughs> get up and boil the kettle. It's like, yeah, um, okay, uh, I am really not going to do this at home. Like, full power to the the um, croissant geeks who will and um, yeah may their croissants be buttery and their days be be beautiful but um, yeah I will go out for my pastry <laughs> it's, a, it's a labor of love and that's why look I always say to people you got to be in hospitality for the love of it and you know I, I always say if you find a job you love you'll never have to work a day in your life and I think that's the motto you really need to take to these venues because people can tell when you love what you do so I want people to come here and be filled with the same sense of joy that we get when we're serving them. Mm. I mean, Morgan, it sounds, you know, kind of like a dream journey, but I bet it hasn't all been roses. Have there been any times that you've, you know, really questioned what you're doing or you've, you've had real roadblocks on your path? Yeah, look, I think you always get those times and it, there's so many different challenges you get with business. You know, we've had some venues that didn't work out, you know, we, we had a, a pop-up a couple of years ago that, you know, wasn't as good as we expected and that definitely, you know, popped us back a few months to years in the pipeline, um, had staffing issues. I think you can speak to any hospitality owner in Melbourne. They'll almost always have nightmare stories about staff um, and I think all these things definitely make it challenging and I, and I think the one that's the most common is just the genuine amount of hours that you have to pour into your business and especially in hospitality like there's not many weeks that I'll get away without working 80 to 100 hours a week on the business like any night I'm home I'm on the couch at 10 30 p.m with my laptop working doing emails trying to get on top of stuff I think the sheer volume of workload is is super understated from the outside and so much goes into running a business that most people don't even see Um, and then of course growing up I think you know when I was younger, I used to especially get a lot of that whole age criticism, which I think in Australia is kind of a shame. We kind of had a, you know, generally speaking, there's a bit of a culture of tall poppy syndrome. Um, a lot of people love to find a reason to tear somebody down rather than build them up. So I think when I was younger, that was definitely quite quite a challenge. But I think as I've gotten older and been around the industry more, I'm, I'm sort of starting to break out from that, which is nice. 
Wow, that's, that's yeah, interesting and quite sad to hear. I think, you know, there's obviously this curiosity factor, you know, this kid running this business. But, um, yeah, but it's a shame to hear that, uh, yeah, people were a bit suspicious of what you were up to as well. Yeah, you know, we had people, you know, so so many, like when I first started, I remember there was a few people, they were even in the hospital industry and they were like, oh, his mum and dad is just like exploiting him and like it's their business and I bet you they run a bakery and it's it's quite funny and you go, maybe come and, you know, understand and ask some questions. Mum and dad both have no food experience. You know, I saved up the money from doing cafes, supplying them for two and a half years, working from home to open the store. So it's funny just what the assumptions I think people make rather than actually learning the story and, and understanding what went on. Yeah, wow. You've certainly um, picked up a lot of life lessons along the way, Morgan. Yeah, I think um, it forces you to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, congratulations on everything you've done so far. And I'm so excited uh, about Maven. That's just, um, yeah, really so cool. Um, you've also got like, you're doing some TV projects, aren't you? I, something vaguely crossed my radar. Tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so I've got Dessert Masters coming out later this year. I think that goes to air in sometime in October on Network 10. So that's a cool new spin-off of MasterChef where uh, being titled as Australia's top 10 pastry chefs, which is a pretty cool title to get. I was definitely the youngest on there, but got some amazing people alongside me like Adriano Zumbo, Kirsten Tibbles, Anna Poviview. So some really, really good names to be alongside and competing against. So we all contestants and it's being hosted by Amri Gouchon, um, who's a beautiful French pastry chef who does some amazing chocolate sculptures and um, pastry work at his school. So that's definitely coming up later this year. And then just some social media. I, I you know, share all my recipes, make short form videos across Instagram and TikTok. And that's sort of my other passion. And at the moment, that's how I share more of my love for broader food rather than just the bakery side. That's... Uh how cool, though, like you started watching MasterChef and now you're on this MasterChef spin-off with probably some of the heroes that you were watching back in the day. Yeah, I was, you know, as I said, competing against like Zumba, right? And I, I literally, when the first week we were filming, I, I pulled him aside and I said, oh, mate, have a look at this photo. And I put up a photo of him and I when I was 13 at one of his courses and I <laughs> looked very young and it was quite funny to say, you know, I was in a course with you back when I was 13 and, and here we are fast track almost 10 years and pretty honoured to be standing next to, you know, people of that colour competing alongside them. Bloody love that. Um, so a lot of young chefs or aspiring hospitality professionals listen to this show. What advice could you give people who are coming up in the industry? How could they, I don't know, pursue their dreams, you know, maintain a bit of a balanced life, although maybe <laughs> you're not the best advisor on that. But yeah, what, what sort of words of wisdom do you have, Morgan? Yeah, look for me, I think the best thing is to just follow your gut. Um, you know, if something feels right, then it's probably right. If something feels wrong, then it's probably wrong. So if you're loving what you're doing, yes, it might be hard work and maybe you don't feel like you're, you're getting the reward or the required outcome that you want now, but keep putting in the work and it, it's bound to come and it's bound to happen. I think, you know, don't be scared of hard work. I think that's the key thing I, I see with some of my staff as well and have seen over the years a lot of the younger people it's very hard to find young people who are willing to work and put in the hard work, which is scary for hospitality because, as we all know, in hospital, it's not easy work. So I think if you are wanting to make it, the best thing to come to work or 
to your business with is a great work ethic and um, just a really good attitude. Love it. Um, so good to catch up. Um, it definitely makes me feel like some donuts, but also some chili scrambled eggs. Um, thanks for making the time for a chat, Morgan. It's um, yeah, been really great to chat to you. Of course, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.